This morning, Luke, the Gospel of Luke, we're going to be reading from. The 10th chapter of Luke, and it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She was busy. She had all the stuff. There was stuff that had to be made. Notice it says, they had to be made. Okay, this was an optional stuff. But she got a little frustrated and she came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care? Now, boy, we're so quick to jump with the God, don't you care mode. You know, don't do that. Of course he cares. This is the God who gave of his very own life so that you could have salvation. I know sometimes it feels like God doesn't care about you because you are struggling and stuff. But always know God cares. But sure enough, she jumped right on. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me! Exclamation point. Now that takes some some cojones here. She's yelling at Jesus. She's yelling at Jesus. Tell her what to do! Well, Jesus responds and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. This morning I want to share a a message with you that basically asks the question, does it really matter? Now, we see in the story here that Martha had a legitimate complaint. The Bible says that these things had to be done, and it was falling on her shoulders, and any woman who's ever had a bunch of people over for dinner and stuff like that, and, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and your husband's not helping, you you, want to strangle him, I get it, you know. But she was, like, very frustrated because Mary, who should have been helping, was sitting and listening to Jesus and just focusing on on Jesus. Obviously she gets mad about it. She voices her opinion. What's interesting is that Jesus did not yell at her for yelling at him. It's okay to voice opinion. It's okay to say when things bug you or when you don't like things and all that kind of stuff. All right, But it's important that you keep it in perspective. And that's the challenge. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. No matter what your struggles in life, no matter what things bug you or you don't like, like make sure you keep it in perspective. All right, Because what had happened here basically is that Martha lost her perspective. Uh, because what she was doing, while it was important the great scheme of things that really didn't matter if things were done on time or exactly the way things needed to be so if it's okay to talk about things that you're not happy about you just need to keep it in perspective so how do we how do we do that you know everybody has stuff that bugs them you know it, it might be uh, in your marriage um, you know things you don't like about your spouse you know uh, now you need to be careful with <laughs> with that you know Somebody says, Pastor Mark, do you have a list of things you don't like about your wife? Uh, yeah. Do you ever tell her? No. (laughs) Why not? Because I don't want to see her list, you know, about me. You know, I've been to, I, I know of marriage seminars, I haven't been to, I've known of marriage seminars that they actually get all the couples together. The first thing they do is say, I want you to write, write down all the things you don't like about your spouse. <laughs> now, I know these are theoretically very intelligent men and women doing this, but stupid is as stupid does, and that's just stupid. One of the reasons I'm still married is I don't write down all the things I don't like about my wife. 
All right, now some things pop up and you got to deal with them from time to time. I get it, I get it. But one of the reasons that couples really fall into trouble here is because we, we have this entitlement culture today that if I don't like it, it should stop. And if I don't like it, that's all that needs to be known. I don't like it. You know, it's like, hello, get a clue. Chill out. Step back. Not everybody gets what they like in life. Not everything has to be what you like before you buy into stuff. If you try to get everything just in a state of what you like, you will find yourself being very, very alone in life. Uh, People do this even at work today. There are people who, you know, they'll have a new policy change on their jobs. And they just, I don't like it, I don't like it, and they quit. You know, I say, well, is it okay to quit your job? Sure, if you got another one. You know, just don't quit. You got responsibilities. You got things you got to take care of. But there's people who all they care about is what they think all the time. And they'll even quit and be out there with nothing just because they didn't like it. Man, be careful. Don't get so caught up in what you think that you lose perspective and do stupid things and do destructive things. Now, what I'm going to share with you, uh, talk about the homework, what I'm going to focus on this morning is about stuff in church. How do, you, how, do you, how do you deal with stuff that you don't like in church? And trust me on this, I am not upset with anybody. After the last service, I had people come up and apologizing to me. I'm not mad at anybody. And don't apologize to me for apologizing to me earlier. Alright? <laughs> Stop already! I'm not mad about anything. And the few things I'm going to discuss are little itty bitty minor comments here and there. The beautiful thing about this church is we don't have a lot of garbage floating around. Hallelujah. One of the reasons we don't is because we jump on it right away. Uh, We've got a, a couple of elders from our church in Stevens Point. Can't stand up. Wave at everybody. Come on. Let me embarrass you all. Yes. Hallelujah. All right. And, and these guys, uh, part of the leadership team over there in Stevens Point, they were with us for the, you know, five years ago when we first started pastoring the church over there. And, and by and large, you know, even though we're a very different church with a very strange pastor and do things very oddly, uh, we never had a lot of bad fighting, all that kind of stuff, usually because we jump on it right away. So uh, you say, well, why do you jump on it right away? Because the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. You ever read that verse? We're not ignorant of Satan. And you wonder, because I think a lot of people are incredibly ignorant. I don't know who you're talking about that's not ignorant. But Christians seem to fall into the same stupid things all the time. And if there's one thing that hurts churches, it's people getting upset about things, usually things that don't matter really at all. You say, well, is it not okay to share your opinion? Of course it is. Just keep it in perspective. That's all I'm talking about. Now, there's a scripture in Philippians that says this. The apostle says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe. God wants us as a church to shine like stars in the universe. Why? As, as, uh, as you hold out the word of life. He wants, and the way we do that is by avoiding what he said in the first place, all the arguing and complaining. Because the more you get into arguing and complaining, the less you shine brightly as lights and the less attractive Christianity becomes. One of the reasons why so many churches fail to attract people is because, you know, they're very cliquish and very critical about every little thing. 
you know, and man, who wants to be around that? So they don't get it, but it's that spirit that keeps people away. We need to shine like stars, man, by getting along with each other. But that doesn't mean agreeing with each other. And it's okay to disagree. And it's okay to say you don't like things. As long as you add five words. But it doesn't really matter. I don't like this, but it doesn't really matter. I don't like the piano player, but it doesn't really matter. I, I love him, actually. Uh, you know, but just put it in perspective. When you put stuff in perspective, it helps to be to, to actually allow healthy dialogue about different issues without people getting all... What freaks me out is when someone says, I don't like such and such. And there's an attitude of, it needs to change. Because I don't like it. You know, that's when you're losing perspective. Or the hint that, you know, if it doesn't change, I'm leaving. You know, you don't, you don't hear much of that kind of stuff. But goodness gracious. You think that highly of your opinion? You need to chill out a little bit. So keep it in perspective. So I'm going to just, just a few things here. Um, kind of comments that, you know, it's, it's kind of like... You know, annually, it seems like there's the times of the year where there's the, the flu season and stuff. It seems like churches, you know, about every year or so you start seeing a lot of sneezing. I don't like that. I don't like that, you know. And, and, and you just, you just got to inoculate people. So we're going to kind of get a big flu shot this morning, all right? And you say, well, is there a problem? Not really, but you take a flu shot when you don't need one. If you get the flu and you get it, it doesn't do you any good. So I'm going to zap you all this morning. A little inoculation on some of these little tiny things. And it's been so tiny. And honestly, I'm not upset. And I'm not even upset that people say these things. Just keep it in perspective. So, here's some of the things we've heard. I, I didn't like the songs today. Okay. Sometimes I don't like the songs. Honestly. There's some songs I can't stand. You know, there's, there's a one I even banned. <laughs> What's that song? I did this in Point. You guys remember, you know, that song. I don't know if you guys sang it, but we, you know, a few years ago we were singing over in Point. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. But I hate that song. <laughs> Why? I, it just irritates the dickens out of me. So I just, I banned it. Don't sing that stupid song. I hate that song. And then whenever I was gone, they would sing it. You know, they did, didn't they? Well, you can always tell Pastor Mark was gone. Hey, there's the song. Woo! And the people loved it. It's just I couldn't stand it. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, I know it doesn't matter, but uh, I, I, I couldn't handle it. So, uh, but, but I don't like all the songs. There's some songs I love. You know, the Latin stuff we were doing this morning, man, that, that's my groove. You know, that, I love that kind of stuff. Wonderful music. But who cares? In the great scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I don't like the way the pastors read their prayers sometimes. <laughs> Here's a thought. Instead of criticizing how someone's praying, how about you pray? Just, just a little... Little radical concept there, but you know, no, you know, I don't like the way he said that. He kind of looks like he sounds like he's reading too much, and that, you know. And some people are mad because we read prayers at all. For crying out loud, just getting up and winging stuff doesn't make you more spiritual. Goodness gracious, people! All right, I don't like the way the singers are dressed now. Why aren't they wearing those matching outfits anymore? Because I asked them not to. Why? Because I thought it was kind of dorky. Okay? That's, that's just me. Alright? Does it really matter? No! 
you know? Uh, but, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure that looked look cool once, you know, 1989, somewhere in there, you know, but it's, let's move on from the, you know, I just, you know, so it's just me. Now, if enough people want the matching outfits, we'll put it back. It doesn't really matter. All right. And you can share your opinions. Remember, I am not squelching voices. Not at all. And don't apologize. I'm not squelching anything. Just keep it in perspective. I don't like something, but I understand, and it doesn't really matter. I know it's not that big of a deal, but I, you know, it's good. Give us the feedback. Just keep it in. Per- I'm just trying to get. Don't be a Martha and freaking out. That's all. Uh, you know, I don't like the haze in the service with all the lights and stuff. It's too much like American Idol in here. <laughs> Why do you do it? Because I think it's cool, that's all. I just think it's cool. I think it looks cool, that's neat. You know, don't forget, 100 million people watch American Idol. Maybe if churches did things that hundreds of millions of people like, more people would go to church. And don't get holier than thou. Well, you can't really worship like that. Says who? Maybe you can't. You just had a thousand people worshiping here, just having a great time. So just, I don't like it. Okay. But it doesn't really matter. Now this one I like. I like this complaint. I don't like it when Pastor Mark is gone. I like this one. This is a good one. Because, because the alternative is, I don't like it when Pastor Mark is here. And that, that would be bad. Okay? But, you know, you, you've got a pastor who has a national ministry. Not a lot of pastors do. There's a handful of them around the country, and I'm one of them. And it's, it's okay, and I think it brings blessings and strength and positive things to the congregation. It just means I can't be here every Sunday. I'm here the vast majority, but sometimes I can't be here. But it's not like we leave you hanging. We've, we've always striven to bring the most powerful ministry to you in a consist, consistent way all the time. Most of the time when I go on, I try to get my brother Eddie to come in. Eddie's one of the best Bible teachers in America. He's phenomenal. You know, it's just... And, and Pastor Joel and our guys, we got some great ministry here. So, you know, um, uh, by the way, Eddie, check this out. Mr. New York Times bestseller. Um, he got a call this week from the Vatican. I kid you not. They are flying him to Rome so that the people from the Vatican can meet with him about his book and, and his writings and stuff. Now, that's pretty honking cool. I don't care who you are. That's... They didn't call me. But, uh, you know, so we have some good stuff here. Now, a lot of times people will call the office to see if Pastor Mark's going to be here this weekend. Now, that's okay. Honestly, it's okay. Because the vast majority of you who are doing this are doing it because you want to invite friends. And you'd like them to come when I'm here, which is the normal thing. We want them to see the normal thing, which is fine. I have no problem. That's great. But just don't you not show up. You don't be calling up like the Marcus Cinema. You know what's playing this weekend? <laughs> I ain't going. You know, don't don't do that. I have to slap you. 
occasionally, uh, now the campuses, there's a campus right down there on the other end of the building watching me right now. They see me in video. The guys in point, they see me on video all the time. Uh, on occasion, you're going to see me on video because I want to be able to go visit these other guys from time to time or whatever the deal is. Um, you know, and, and I can just imagine some of you are going to say, I don't like that. I don't like that. Okay, but it doesn't matter. The word of God is still the word of God. You know, they're being blessed and ministered to. You know, they're not seeing me in person. And half of you aren't looking at me right now anyway. You're looking at the screen, so it doesn't matter. You know, who cares? It does, don't let stuff make you crazy. Um, uh, the Hispanic outreach that you're doing, I don't like that. Now, that one bugs me a little bit, but not much. But, you know, get a clue, people. I mean, somebody said, you know, we shouldn't reach out to those Hispanic people because they're a drain on the welfare system. So what are you saying? We should not give somebody the love of God because they're a drain on the welfare system? Which, first of all, your premise is wrong. Okay? But let's enter your imaginary world for just a moment. That this is true. What are you going to You're going to withhold the love of God to someone because you don't like that they draw on welfare? Or you're not going to give somebody the love of God because you don't like their immigration status? What kind of craziness is that? We're going to love people all the time, everywhere we can. I don't care what their status is. The truth of the matter, Hispanics are 17% of the draw on the welfare system in America. We had Jennifer look it up for me this week. 17%. You know who are the biggest sinners? All you white people? <laughs> Center pointing at minorities because of welfare. You need a hush, man. Biggest people on welfare are Caucasian people. Chill out a little bit. Someone said, well, you, you already went and spent money on hiring that new pastor for the, for the Hispanic thing. Where is Dan? Is Dan in here? Maybe he's in the back doing, he's in the back doing this. You know, how much did we pay Dan last week? Zero? What about the week before that? Zero? Why don't you double that next week? All right. so, chill out you don't know what you're talking about now eventually I would like to be able to support him so we can, we can do stuff bigger and stuff but you know just let's love people you know what this is where the kingdom of God really shines Jesus said this is when everybody will know you're really my disciple when you love one another and not just the same people loving the same kind of people I, I think it's a terrible thing when, I think it's a terrible thing in America that you've got white churches and, and, and also by economic status. You've got the white upper class churches, white middle upper class. You've got the middle class white churches. Then you've got the black churches. you get the Hispanic churches. And you've got the Chinese churches, all this stuff. I think it's, and people say, well, it's all part of, you know, everybody relating to their own people. Hogwash. I, it's just religious segregation. And I think it's disgusting. <laughs> you think the world's impressed when they see just a bunch of rich white people getting together and worshiping by themselves? I'm not impressed by that. You think they're impressed by just a bunch of people off in color doing their thing by themselves? No. What gets their attention is when you get a bunch of people together that don't even agree with each other half the time. That's the love of God. Yeah. Goodness, I was reading this article from the Wall Street Journal. In the article, this professor from some big university, whatever, hotshot guy here, uh, basically has done the study and they said for all the talk over the last three years 30 years in this country the whole idea of integration and diversity in America has failed it hasn't worked except in one place he writes 
Wall Street Journal. He writes this. He says, they did find a possible assimilation model. Hold on to your hat, they write in the Wall Street Journal. It's Christian evangelical churches. In many large evangelical congregations, they write, the participants consisted uh, of the largest thoroughly integrated gatherings we have ever witnessed. That's when the world looks and goes, wow. Wow, it works in churches. Hold on to your hat, they said. Because they think we're all idiots for even worshiping God, most of these people. Well, the reality is, this is how you know there is a God. When people who love each other can be together, even though they don't agree with everything. Even though they all look the same. Even though they all make the same amount of money. That's when God gets glorified. That's when you start shining like a bright light. So anyway, I, I don't mind at all. And I mean this sincerely. I do not mind any of the, gee, I don't like this, I don't like that. That's fine. I encourage it. Sack it to us. It's great. Just keep it in perspective. It's like if you got the, the, uh, uh, the flu, you don't sneeze in people's faces. Alright? Use a Kleenex. Use a Kleenex. Okay? I don't like this, but it doesn't really matter. Okay? Put it in perspective. Take a reality check. Look, if there's one thing that marks Celebration Church here, when Pastor Lathan said earlier, one of the things that we're about is about being real. We're very, very real here. We talk about stuff most churches would never touch with a 10-foot pole. And uh, we just believe in being real and dealing with life and talk. Everything's free for me. You know, there's nothing off limits. We just go for it. And, te- and when you teach and talk about sensitive issues, sometimes, you know, people get a little bugged. And we don't do it to irritate people. We just do it to challenge people. To live a more biblical life. That's what we want to do. And, uh, and sometimes we talk about stuff that gets a little uncomfortable. And, and here's an, an inoculation for you. I'm, I'm going to be speaking in a, in a few weeks a series on money. Now people hate churches talking about money. You know, and you always feel bad for the visitors who come that morning. You know, because they'll say, you know, I was there but all they talked about was money. Well, that's true. <laughs> the day you were there, you know. You always feel bad about those guys. But we don't hardly ever talk about money. In the certain, you don't hear much from me. But it's important that we talk about it so that we can keep growing and, 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 and stuff. Now, um, you know, we, we put in the bulletins, one of the things I had them do was put in, you know, how much comes in the offering so you guys can see. Um, in point, we've been doing this for a long time. But what they have that you don't have is they also see the uh, monthly budget. And it's been taking us a while to boil everything down and with the new change in people and since I came, kind of getting all that caught up. But you need to know something. There's a real budget. There's, it, it takes about $2.5 million a year to run this church. That's the budget for this church. Uh, which boils down to about $50,000 a week. So was that a lot for this church? Not really. I mean, we were at a church uh, in Phoenix not too long ago, uh, earlier this summer. They have about 1,000 less people a week than we do. And they're weekly budget was 110,000 more than double ours there's a church in New York you know we travel around and we, you know, their annual budget they're about the same size as we are theirs was 15 million a year serious jack jack you know so all in all I mean, we're a big church people say well what are you doing with all that money hello <laughs> look around you you know the utility bills man I mean the utility bill alone can wipe out an entire weekend's uh, offering gone just like that you know then you got the building payments and then you got you know and then finally you get down to paying people we don't pay people lots of money around here uh, you know it's not like we're all taking the money and going to Vegas every weekend you know we do this so that we can advance the church so you know 
get a little bit of a clue when you see that number, and, and once we finally get this budget, we'll get those numbers in there. But, you know, think 50,000. When you see 25, what was last week's? It's in your bulletin. What was that? 31? Okay. You said, well, that was a great weekend. Yeah. <laughs> but $20,000 shy. So how do you do it? Well, it kind of comes and goes and ebbs and flows. Sometimes you'll see an offering that, you know, hundred grand came in that week. You know? But then I heard people say, hundred grand, man, wow, they don't need my money. Hello? We're just making up for all the $25,000 week was before that. Are you hearing me? It takes money. It doesn't all come in one thing. And, and honestly, it shouldn't matter what's coming in. Don't be judging how much you give by what came in. You should just give. You should just give and you just be faithful in your giving. So what if you're make, taking a 200 grand a week? That would be cool. <laughs> you know, that would allow us to do more things and more ministries. So, you know, but it, it has nothing to do with that. It's just that everybody should give consistently. And, and let me say this little thing. Uh, actually, this church has been in a miracle turnaround. When we came last year, the church was in the red big time. It was a really tough year last year. We stepped into a mess, really, financially. Most guys would have run. But we came in, and what we got here was actually worse than we thought. <laughs> but we would have come anyway. And you know what? We looked at it, and we came up with a plan and trusting God, and we figured out how to do this. And I said, well, what's the earliest we could ever be in the black? And these guys projected, you know, it would take a miracle. But maybe by the end of this year, maybe we'll, we'll have our first black month. In terms of consistent finance. I want you to know that was November. By December we were in the black. December, January, February, March, April. I mean. It has been a miracle turnaround. I mean this is off the charts. You write books about this stuff. And I guarantee you by the end of this year we're going to be solidly in the black. Praise God. Now does that mean we get to really expand and do a whole lot? No. Right now I'm just happy to be anywhere close to the black. But during the summer it pushes us back in the red again. And we're in the the middle of summer. And I get it. If you go on vacation, that's cool. Go on vacation. If you need time, take time. It's okay. But don't take time. Don't give off on your giving. A lot of people come back and then they just pick up like they were never here. Uh, You know, well, that just leaves this big hole. You know, so if you're gone for a week or two, you know, kind of catch up when you come back. That's my encouragement. You can do whatever you want. It's not like I said, we don't have tithing and non-tithing sections here. And we don't, you know buttonhole people for what they give or don't give and I don't know I don't want to know I always tell these I don't want to know what people give because I don't want to be mean to you (laughs) or I don't want to be nicer to somebody else you know and that's human nature if I know you know he's given a hundred thousand a year and he's given five thousand it'd be a real temptation to be nicer to him right that's kind of human nature so I intentionally tell my church I don't keep me insulated I don't want to know who's given money and who isn't given money I just want to love everybody the same. But let's just all be consistent. You're part of a family. You're part of an organization. What you do, even if you take off for a while, you'll be consistent when you come back because it does tend to, uh, to uh, squeeze things quite a bit. But just do, do know this. It has been phenomenal what God has been doing. And it has been a phenomenal turnaround year. And uh, we are extremely blessed and excited about what's going on. Okay, I messed up my notes here. Okay. Um, bottom line. There are things in life that really do matter and things that don't. Okay, now, if I'm doing something that's really, really out of line, then, yeah. You know, if I, for example, if I add a fourth person to the Trinity. You know what I'm saying? Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and Bob. You know, 
I start saying, Bob, bless you, then that, that's, that's going a little too far. And, and then you can really get upset about that kind of thing. So there are things that matter, and it's okay. And, and life is life. You know, everything in life. Anybody who's ever been married for more than a week knows life has ways of throwing crazy things at you. And, and we're kind of married to each other in a church, and, and weird stuff comes up, and, and we'll deal with that. But again, just a great majority of things in life, even though it's okay to have an opinion about it, and share that, and, and it does affect us one way or the other. Um, just keep it in perspective. The most important thing is Jesus. What Mary did, she should have been helping her sister, the little rascal, but she sat down and she just focused on Jesus. And Jesus said, You know, it's okay. In terms of perspective, she got it right. You know, we all do need to eat. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But we just keep in perspective what's really important in life. I'm going to ask our ushers to come up at this time and our worship team to come back and we'll get ready to end our service with our uh, time of communion. You know, a lot of people spend their entire lives doing things that don't matter while ignoring things that really do. We see this all the time in, uh, in people's homes. You know, uh, men get caught into trying to earn so much money that they forget about their families. And is it important that you make money? Yes. Is it important that you provide for your family? Absolutely. But not to the point that your family hurts because you're not there. It's more important that your children spend time with you, Dad, than you make an extra $5,000 this year. It's more important that your wife knows you really love her and care about her than than you getting a a bigger bonus this year. Focus on things that really matter. And certainly in the church of Jesus Christ, we need to focus on what's matter. But the most important thing is, where are you at with God this morning? You know, the biggest disaster in people's lives are people who live their whole lives focusing on everything except God in their life. You know, Jesus said, what good is it going to do you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? What good is that? The most important thing is your soul, your relationship with God. Where are you at this morning? You say, well, I'm, I'm good enough. Well, no, you can't be good enough. If you could be good enough, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. He would have just said, hey, everybody be good enough. He didn't say that. Oh, I gave $10 this morning. You know what? You can't buy your way into heaven. If you could, he would have said, hey, give lots of money. And then he wouldn't have gone to the cross. He didn't want to go to the cross. Remember, he's the one who prayed, Father, if there's any way I can get out of this, please let this cup pass from me. But there was no way. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing you can do. We are all hopeless without God in this world, except for the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And that's what we celebrate in communion. It was his blood that was shed, his body that was broken, that makes it possible for us to have forgiveness of our sins. And have a relationship with God. That's what really matters. I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning. Before we serve communion. I want you all to pray along with me. And if you have never ever surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer with us. And mean this. Take, Take this step this morning. Don't get caught up with a life full of stuff that doesn't count. The most important thing. The thing that counts the most. Is that you be right with God. Let's pray this together. Say dear Jesus. I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much. You went to the cross. And took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart. And forgive me of my sins. 
I surrender my life to you. Help me live a life that reflects things that truly matter. Amen.